Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for downloading this time what it's like being freelance for ebook designer Janet Brent. It's something that you evolve as you're going. So you may not have your ideal client from the very beginning, and that's okay. It's something that you can find as you're working. You don't need to have a lot of overhead to start a business these days, especially if you have a skill set that's digital that you can work online. I thought if I'm just an ebook designer, then maybe I won't get as many jobs. But it's actually been really good. So the more that I niche down, now I have more clients coming to me and more job opportunities because I'm just an ebook designer, and so I become an expert on just that. Yes, hello. I、uh, hope you're good. Don't forget, beingfreelance.com is the website where you can find loads of guests、uh, that we've been speaking to at Being Freelance on Twitter. And please do subscribe. Hit subscribe, and then you automatically get each episode、uh, each week via iTunes or Stitcher, whichever one is your choice. Take a look.、Uh, so yes, to the states we go this week, and to Janet Brent, who is the ebook queen. Hey, Janet. Hello. Ah, so sorry. Whereabouts are you? You're on the west coast of America. Yes, that's correct. Portland, Oregon. Now I got the impression that you're quite nomadic. Has that been your place for long? Yeah, I've been in Portland for almost a year now, and I was actually featured as a digital nomad just recently in the Guardian, which was kind of cool because I've been doing that lifestyle for the past four or five years. Living abroad and then just traveling from place to place, but I'm back here in Portland. I grew up here in this area, and I've been back for almost a year. Oh wow! So do you think that's it now? Has the nomadic bit gone out of your system, or do you think you'll be off again? You're just taking stock for a little while. Yeah, I think there's always like that rest phase, and I'm definitely still have that sort of wanderlust, nomadic side of me that. Probably won't go away, but for now, I'm sort of regrouping and shifting my focus. Nice. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that in a,、uh, later on. But first of all, why don't we properly get started by chatting about how you got started being freelance? Yeah. So I basically quit my job, and then I took a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia. I sold all of my stuff. <laughs> And well, at that at that time, I did a career sabbatical, so it was a full year. And at that time, I volunteered in India, in the slums, teaching English. And then I joined a four month Buddhist monastery retreat. And then I walked four hundred miles, about four hundred miles. I'm not sure in kilometers, maybe six hundred. Something kilometers. Miles is good for me. Yeah. Okay, and <laughs> walked that in Palawan, Philippines, from north or south to north, ending in El Nido, which is this beautiful paradise destination. And I temple hop Taiwan and did all of these different things, and then finally sort of settled in Manila, Philippines, for about three years. And I feel like my journey has been really such an anomaly, even for like a freelancer or someone who's on an unconventional path. I feel like mine's almost like extra unconventional <laughs> in a way. 
because so I actually lived in the slums for three years in Manila because I didn't have any money at that point. I didn't do my savings cushion or anything like that. So I was really from like this ground zero moment and building a business with zero business skills and actually zero experience with what I wanted to get into, which was web design and just kind of learning on the go and just going into it and finding clients. I wanted to live in Manila because it was a place where obviously I could have a lower cost of lifestyle, lower expense so that I could build my business and not have to make as much money. So that worked out in a sense. And I was able to sell my car and things like that to sort of get, get me through. And, and like my parents helped as well, but it was like a definite low point and something that I just felt like I knew it was a phase and a transitional moment. So that's kind of how I got through it was just knowing that uh, the only constant is change and this isn't something that is going to be a permanent thing. So I got through that and then I started traveling around the world, like Thailand. I went to Germany and then other parts of the U.S. I, ha I hadn't seen before. And then I went to Bali, Indonesia and different places. So, and then now I'm back. And Whoa. I'm just, yeah, doing freelance I went to I started as a graphic web designer and then I focused my niche down to ebook design so I'm really intrigued what on earth was your career before that you that you decided to throw it in what were you doing before when I was working at a job I was a gra graphic designer so I had ah, okay. like, some production experience as a graphic designer, production artist, like which is kind of like the lower end of the design pool that you work your way up to. So when you, you called it a sabbatical, so when you took that year out, mm -hmm. was the plan to go freelance or was the plan simply to go traveling and, um, you know, as you did, volunteer and stuff like that? Was the plan to go and do all of that and then come back and go back to a job? That's a very good question. I feel like at that point in my life, I sort of had no clue what I wanted to do. And I felt very lost. And it was like that quarter life crisis moment. And I was very unclear, but I did a lot of journaling at that time. And there were some moments of clarity. that I feel like your soul knows, even when you feel you yourself don't know, there's some essence that does know what you want. And I knew that I wanted to travel the world, that I wanted to live abroad, and that I wanted to make a living out of my art. And so when I went to Southeast Asia, I had that intention of starting a business, but I wasn't sure what that looked like or I wasn't so clear on all of the steps to get there. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And there, when I worked a job, there was always some inklings or little callings that I felt like, oh, I want to be a freelancer but I was just really scared to take that leap and then I ultimately took the ultimate leap <laughs> so wow there's just so many questions bubbling up and um, one, one of them which is good really isn't it handy um but when when you were living in the slums in Manila so that's the capital of the Philippines right yeah yes, is my correct. geography yeah okay so <laughs> so you're 
so you're in the Philippines and you're living in the slums, but what what was it like where you, you were living? How did that work? Did you have a laptop already with you or were you going to some sort of um, internet cafe? And how, how did it actually work? What was it like where you were living? I actually did have a laptop at that time, my first MacBook Pro. I'm now on my second one. And I did do a lot of working in cafes, even just for relief from the heat because it was so hot and it, it was too hot for me to stay in the slums where I was living because there was no air conditioner and it's really hard to work when you're feeling like you're melting. And when you could say you were living in the slums, what was that actually like? There are like different sorts of slums, I guess you would say, because I was living in a poor community, but I did have like some standards. I made sure I was on a second story where there was no flooding. Like cockroaches and rats, yeah, it's just part of life. And then eventually I also got a cat, so that helped. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of jobs were you doing? Were, were they off job boards, you know, like the so, so, sort of elance? How, how does one go about finding clients when you're in that situation? Mm-hmm. I actually was very against elance and all of those sorts of job boards because I feel like those get you really general jobs and even if I was in a sort of dire strait where I didn't have very many clients, I sort of refused to go that route for myself. And I just wanted, I was of the mindset that if I can just attract people to me rather than finding things, I think that's a better frame of mind. So I just kept working on building my web presence and things like that. And everything was more on word of mouth and referrals and Facebook groups and different things like that. So even in that situation, you you took the decision to build up what, like like a, um, a sort of a blog, placing yourself as an expert. Was Is, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I felt like freelance or elance and all of those sites just give you general projects and... And like the whole bidding process, I don't really like it. And there's so many cheaper designers out there that you could probably get outbid. And I just didn't like that sort of competition um, frame of Mm. reference. Rather than it being a competition, I wanted to just assert myself and who I was on the web and things like that. And how long did that take for you to build yourself up? Oh, it took a couple years. The first, the first year was definitely rough. Like I didn't really make that much money. It was, it was definitely like a kind of a side income. But again, because I was living in Manila, it was enough for a year. Yeah. So you were happy actually in the place where you were living, so long as you had enough money to keep living in that place at that time. Yeah. In the development then of building up your online brand which is essentially what you then went after doing um how long did it take you to sort of decide on your niche because you mentioned that you've you know you're not just a designer originally you're web design you've narrowed it down to ebook design so how did you um how did you end up at that place that came about really organically uh, originally like i was trying to brand myself as a graphic web designer for holistic heart-based businesses. And I I thought that the 
health and wellness and holistic niche was a good enough focus to bring down, but I realized that's still really broad and big. There's still so much out there that that's not enough focus. So mm. I wanted to focus it even down and, and just say, I'm an ebook designer. And that came about organically because I started getting ebook design jobs when I was a graphic web designer and just realizing that those were my favorite projects. And so finally I took the leap to just brand myself as an ebook designer and nothing else. And that was kind of a scary process because I thought, oh, if, if I'm just an ebook designer, then maybe I won't get as many jobs, but it's actually been really good. So the more that I niche down, now I have more clients coming to me and more job opportunities because I'm just an ebook designer. And, and so I become an expert on just that. Yeah, I mean, every second website that I go to now, for sure, seems to be giving away an, an ebook, which for the most part tends to be a very nicely designed PDF. So mm -hmm. that, that's the kind of thing you particularly like doing, right? Yeah, exactly. So I would do a lot of the freebie opt-ins for people or e-course worksheets and workbooks. So I help support people growing their businesses through their freebies or their paid e-books or paid e-courses, creating the materials for them. So you said, right, so I'm an e-book designer. Did you like have to learn a, a heap of SEO to try and um, get yourself up there? Uh, how, how did, or did you just go through social media? How did you draw clients to you once you decided on your niche? Again, it's just through word of mouth and references and like where do my ideal clients hang out? And a lot of it is through Facebook, Facebook groups, a lot of these entrepreneurial groups that I get into. It's actually a very recent switch because I just rebranded myself this past December of last year. So not even a full year that I'm the ebook queen is, is what my business is. And I don't really focus on SEO or content marketing. I just want to help people craft their content. So what's your strategy then? What do those Facebook groups look like? How do you find them? How do you get into them? And what are you doing when, once you're there, just joining in a conversation? Or how, how does that work? Yeah, so you're basically just joining a conversation. If you find anything that is related to design or ebooks, then I offer my advice and expertise. And it's not necessarily if people are looking for an ebook designer or people are looking to design an ebook, then sometimes I'll comment on that as well. But it can also just be giving people helpful advice about design and if there's a thread about that. I find these groups just through, like my, my online sphere is kind of, of the Marie Forleo, um, like online women businesses. So a lot of groups around that. So within Facebook itself, you might search for women business and that would bring up a group, would it? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, really? and once you find groups, you can sort of find all the other groups 
like a lot of similar people are on all of these groups. Mm. So I just find the like-minded people. And also like I, I use Facebook more like networking. So most of my Facebook friends are just sort of contacts through online business and things like that. So a lot of mutual friends on this online sphere work online, online based entrepreneurs. So once I have so many mutual friends and I can sort of see what groups they're joining and then so I join their groups. So in this whole sort of process that you've been through, because you said that when you started freelancing uh, that really you didn't have any experience of freelancing, you didn't have any experience of business and so on. Um, have you done any courses in either or have you simply, you know, trial and error? A lot of it has been trial and error. Instead of courses, I've I've mainly invested in business coaches rather than taking a course because I like the more one-on-one with a business coach. So how how have you gone about finding business coaches and and what sort of relationship does that build? Like, do you pay them per week and you chat to them once a week or how's that worked for you? The way that I'm going about it right now is investing in mastermind groups. So that means like it's, it's a, one year commitment and and there's a group aspect as well as one on one because there's other people who join the mastermind and so you get the sort of accountability with a group and then part of the experience is you get to meet each other in person during retreats like once a year or sometimes twice a year, depends on the mastermind groups. So I, I joined my first mastermind group last year, and then this year I invested in another mastermind group that I found through joining the one from last year. And how's that experience for you? What's What do you get out of it? Um, because for me, I feel like with e-courses, it is more about getting the info and then it's not as much handholding and I feel like with the one-on-one coaching it's it's more personal application and accountability and like my coach will tell me practical things that I need to do in my business to help with my goals or to help grow it and things like that. Whereas with an e-course, it's just general and you don't get that one-on-one attention. And so it's really on you to, to apply the information or not. And I just feel like with business coaching, I just get more accountability out of it and, and more at stake because when I invest more, usually the e-courses are like not as much money as one-on-one coaching. And I invest more than I take it more seriously. And mm. Within that network, does I suppose there's an opportunity for, for work as well as people find out what you do. Right, yeah, because it's like joining a network and from that network you could certainly find clients. I've had that happen as well. So what's your, um, your goal moving forward? So you've stayed put for a year and been able to do the mastermind thing. Do you feel like... 
the um, you, you kind of said that the travelling bug might still well be there. You're in a you're in a good position to do it, I guess. Doing the um, uh, you know if if you're not working with just a local bunch of clients, for example, you're you're used to doing remote work. Mm-hmm. You're going to be off again. Yeah, I feel like um, I definitely still have online-based clients, and I don't really have any local clients at all, even though I'm in Portland where I could certainly probably take on local clients. And I do want to travel some more, but I feel like I'm shifting my focus. And ever since I've been back here, San Francisco has sort of been calling me louder and louder. So I'm working towards a life where I can live in San Francisco, but also the idea of being multi-rooted where I could have places around the world that I could stay in, like have property in the Philippines, for example, because I'm a dual citizen and have like a second home base. And so have these multiple home bases where I can live and travel around the world. Nice. That's kind of my yeah. ideal lifestyle vision. What would you say is is more important than the lifestyle or the business? Mm, I think it's really interrelated, though. I think I would say lifestyle is more important because at the end of the day, you want to be happy. So, like growing your business, like profits is a good thing but at the end of the day you still want to add value and be happy and enjoy life so I'm like wanting to create a lifestyle where work and play are one and the same and having a vacation lifestyle where you don't want to escape from love it yeah what what's the time scale that we're talking about by the way from when you quit your job originally to where we are today oh that was End of 2009. So it's been going well for long enough, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, nice. Now, um, we always do this thing, three facts about yourself, two true, one a lie, and I'm going to try and figure out the lie. And goodness knows what facts you might come up with, because it sounds like, I mean, you've already mentioned Buddhist monks, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows where this is going to go. Right. Yep, so I am an art school dropout. There's an ethical dilemma I had, and I decided to quit. And two, I operated a one-woman print shop. And three, my first ever job was Dairy Queen, which is a fast food chain that sells burgers and ice cream. Okay, so you dropped out of art school. You ran a one-woman print shop. Was that working for somebody or you ran the print shop? Working for someone. Or you you worked for Dairy Queen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which, oh, okay, well, that sounds feasible. Um, I I don't know, but I mean, I imagine that's like a feasible, common thing to do if you were young, working Mm -hmm. in a fast food chain shop. Doesn't sound that unusual. Art school dropout. Well, you dropped out of your job, so I get the feeling that you, you know, you go with your gut. If things aren't right, then you move on and you, yeah. You know, you you know what your soul is telling you, I think you said earlier on. Mm-hmm. So maybe it said art school's not for you. Print shop. Whereas I can you clearly will work, you're a worker. I th- so that's ah, so what am I actually saying here? 
Art school trop. Hang on, I'm actually saying they're all true. Um, <laughs> oh, in that case, you never worked at Dairy Queen. Nope, I did work at Dairy Queen. Oh, man. They, they, they're, they're all true. I think there's a mistake. Which was a lie then? I love how you work through it <laughs> out loud, but the lies that I'm an art school dropout. It sounds cool, but I wish I wish I were an art school dropout, but I did finish college and get my degree and all of that. <laughs> Damn, there's me saying it's totally the sort of thing you'd do. <laughs> I feel bad now. <laughs> uh, how was Dairy Queen, by the way? Yeah, it was good. It was fast-paced. I smell like soft serve ice cream all day. <laughs> wow, it's I mean that's a dream come true in itself. Um you've made me want to eat ice cream now. I'm going to have to go. Oh no. Don't don't feel bad about it. I'm not. I'm going to enjoy it. Um if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would it be? I would say uh, that the online platform is key. So it's like the ob- absolute common sense. It sounds like this big duh, but uh, when I was still working a job and I wanted to go freelance, I would make up all of these excuses for not doing it because back then in my mind of like what a traditional freelancer was or someone who works for themselves was all of these things that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to network in person. I didn't know how to find clients that way. Or I was living in such a small town that I felt like I, it could never work out to work for myself and find clients there wasn't really any opportunity and of course I could never afford to have my own office and things like that so I created so many barriers for myself but the truth is the barrier to entry is so low now that you can literally just buy web hosting and your domain and start for a hundred under a hundred dollars or $100, like there's the $100 startup book by Chris Gillibo that really shows that you don't need to have a lot of overhead to start a business these days, especially if if you have a skill set that's digital that you can work online. Cool. Out of interest, when you were building that online platform, as you call it, have you seen things come and go like have have you tweaked it over time and found that some things were missing or some things were superfluous or whatever yes it's always a constant tweaking and evolving because even now like when you when you it's it's like a big test you're just testing and experimenting what works and what doesn't work and so even now I'm I'm always thinking about new ways to offer this information or maybe my about page needs to be reworded or rewritten maybe how can I make this sound more clear about what I do and maybe I need to think about changing my packages and how do I market my packages and and then it all coming down to your ideal client who you're talking to and those things don't automatically come to you. It's something that you evolve as you're going. So you may not have your ideal client from the very beginning, and that's okay. It's something that you can find as you're working. And, and a lot of times the ideal client is 
like looking at yourself in a mirror only from where you were two years ago. So it's like, think about helping yourself from the two years ago. And that's, that's your ideal client. Cool. Don't forget, you can find everything we've talked about, like key points and also some of the links and things uh, on the website, beingfreelance.com. Check out other guests as well. Follow us on Twitter at Being Freelance and you can sign up for uh, updates and things like that now online as well. Uh, Thanks so much and all the best. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to. um, Yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. Actually, that's what I always say. How can people find you online? Because I I kind of almost want to find out where you go next. It sounds like you've, you've got many more things up your sleeve oh yeah i'm working on little side projects i'm working on writing my first self-published book since i feel like the ebook queen needs to have her own book so you can follow me on twitter that's my favorite at janet brent on twitter and i'm also now on instagram where mostly i just post selfies and (laughs) foodie pics and occasional travel landscapes What's the ebook queen writing as her ebook? It's actually about the heroine's journey and how there's not a lot of female narratives on the hero's journey. So I want to help inspire other women to go on their adventures and craft their own stories. And so that's kind of been my side project, working on writing my memoir to inspire women to go on their own journeys and adventures, whether that's travel or inner journeys. Wow, cool. Well, good luck with that. We look forward to reading it. Yeah. Uh, You've certainly been on one hell of a journey already, and I'm sure there's plenty more to come as well. All the best with it. Best of luck being freelance. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. It's really great. (laughs) 